In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Today is the second Sunday of the Coptic month of Thawud, but because last week Sunday was the Feast of Nairuz, today we're reading the first Sunday of, of Thawud. And the Gospel of the, the first Sunday of Thawud are about St. John the Baptist. St. John the Baptist, because the feast of St. John the Baptist is on the second day of the Coptic New Year. And it's as if, you know, the ministry of our Lord Jesus Christ started with St. John the Baptist. And it's as if the church, in its wisdom, decided to start the New Year celebrating the life of St. John the Baptist, who is always pointing to the Lamb of God. And the Gospel of today speaks about this point. It says, even the tax collectors, they justified God, having been baptized with the baptism of John. But there was a problem. Actually, a very big problem. A female problem, can I? Is that some of the people did not believe the testimony of John. And the gospel, and the gospel says, but the Pharisees and the lawyers, they rejected the will of God for themselves, not having been baptized by him. Then the Lord said something very beautiful. He said, what shall I liken the men of this generation? What, is the, what are the people of this generation like? He said, they are like children in a market, calling out to one another, we played the flute for you, but you did not dance. We mourned for you, but you did not weep. And then the Lord said, For John came neither eating bread nor drinking wine, but you say he has a demon. The Son of Man has come eating and drinking, and you say, Look, a glutton and a wine bibber, a friend of tax collectors and sinners, but wisdom is justified by her children. In layman's terms, the Lord was asking them, he was asking them this question, which we need to ask ourselves. What will it take for us to change our lives? What will it take for you to believe? It was as if the Lord had done everything He could to convince them to believe in Him. And even St. Athanasius, he says, when the minds of men, the minds of men had fallen to a level of sensible things. The Word, the Logos, submitted to appear in the body in order that He, as man, might center their senses on Himself and convince them through His human acts that He Himself is not only man, but also God. The Word and Wisdom of the true God. Yet despite all that God has done, many still do not believe. So the Lord said something at the end of the gospel today that I want to focus on. He said, wisdom is justified by her children. True wisdom can be seen by the fruit of one's actions. And Methelen, nowadays there's the philosophy called hedonism. Hedonism is... The philosophy of the pursuit of pleasure. 
the pursuit of self-indulgence. It is the consumerism. It is the materialism. It is the sexual immorality, the pornography, the way we use social media today. And if you think about all of these things, you can say, what fruit has, have all of these things produced? What fruit have they produced? Nothing. Actually, they brought death. Actually, this country, although we are the wealthiest country, in the, or one of the wealthiest countries in the world, is one of the countries with the highest levels of depression. Why? It's because, it's the, and the irony is, is that the culture that wants to, like the culture that is teaching us now that, about love, but this culture knows nothing about love, and this culture knows nothing about sacrifice. When they speak about love, they don't speak about sacrificing for one another. They speak about love as self-indulgence, self-pleasure. When the world talks about, um, you know, when it talks about tolerance and equality, they don't mean tolerance and equality in the way the Bible means tolerance and equality. They mean tolerance and equality in the way that if you don't believe what we believe, then we don't, then we don't like what you're saying. So that's not tolerance. Their tolerance that they preach is actually very intolerant. And, and now they want to redefine things like marriage. And the irony is, if you look at the divorce rates in this country, divorce rate in this country is almost 40%. So, yani, مثلاً, like imagine a doctor, he kills 40% of his patients. Imagine an airline crashes 40% of its flights. You fly an airline? No, you wouldn't. Wisdom is justified by her children. And St. Paul, he asks us this question in Romans 6. He says, when you were a slave of sin... And you did all the things that sin did. He said, what fruit did you have of the things of which you are now ashamed? He says, the end of all of those things is death. Death. Wisdom is justified by her children. Today I want to speak to you about wisdom. Wisdom, that is a heavenly attribute. Wisdom is a heavenly attribute. That's why in the epistle of St. James, he makes a distinction between wisdom from the heavens and wisdom from the earth. He says, where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. He says, this wisdom that is envy and self-seeking and all of this stuff. He says, this wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, and demonic. Then he says, the wisdom that is from above, the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy, good fruits, without partiality, without hypocrisy. You see the difference between the two wisdom? Because wisdom is from above. And wisdom from above then is also beyond human comprehension. That's why yani, a beautiful saint named Saint Arsenius. Saint Arsenius da was the tutor of the emperor's children. 
And Saint Arsenius was so educated, but he left his position as tutor to the emperor's kids, and he went to where he went? The wilderness of Shahid, Fumasr, in Egypt. And when the people of Egypt saw Arsenius there, they said, "What is a man of your intellect, a one who is like so smart and..." and what is he doing among these peasant monks that don't know any? What are you doing here? And St. Arsenius replied to them, he has a beautiful like, quote, he says, I know Greek and Latin, but I have not begun to learn the alphabet of these peasants here. I have knowledge, but I don't have wisdom. I have something from this world, but they have something out of this world. They have wisdom. And because of this, the one who was counseling the king's kids, he went to go seek counsel from the monks in the desert. Consider that because this, like, this doesn't make sense to us. The wisdom from above is a trouble to us. And that's why St. Paul says, like next week we're celebrating, in a few days, the Feast of the Cross. And St. Paul, when he's discussing the cross to the Corinthians, he says, the message of the cross is foolishness. Foolishness to those who are perishing. But to those who are being saved, it is the power of God. And then he says, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise. I will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise person? Where is he? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of the age? He says, has God not made the foolish? Has God not made foolish the wisdom of the world? He says, the Jews request a sign, the Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified. He says, a stumbling block to the Jews and foolishness to the Greeks. And then he said, because the foolishness of God... The foolishness of God is wiser than man, and the weakness of God is stronger than man. What is St. Paul trying to say? It's like, the, like um, God is not weak and he is not foolish, but the weakness, like, you can't imagine the strength of God. You can't imagine the wisdom of God. is beyond any human comprehension. And because the wisdom of God beyond comprehension, one of the things that's in the Pauline epistle of today, if you go to the Pauline epistle of today, you'll see that St. Paul is wondering in the wisdom of God, God, you're so wise. If you know everything, why do you choose me? Why did you choose me? And this is what the Pauline epistle today says. I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who enabled me because he counted me faithful. Putting me to this ministry. Although I was formerly a blasphemer, a persecutor, an insolent man. Insolent mean man means I was arrogant, I was rude, I was bad tempered. Of the wisdom of God, Mishtaqtar had a nice person. He says, no, he picked me, an insolent man. But I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of the Lord was exceedingly abundant with faith and love which are in Christ Jesus. And then he says, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all accepted, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. Before. Then he says, however, this reason I obtained mercy, that in me, first, Jesus Christ might show all long suffering as a pattern to those who believe on him for everlasting life. Shufudi. 
Now to the King eternal, immortal, invisible, to God who alone is wise. Be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Wisdom from above is different than the wisdom from beneath. But how can we, like, that's, that doesn't help me, Abuna. I want to know what wisdom is. What is wisdom? How can I have wisdom? How would you characterize a wise person? A wise person, what is a wise person? A wise person is someone prepared for the future. A wise person is one who is prepared for the future. I didn't say anxious for the future, I said prepared for the future. In the Gospel of our Lord, he tells a parable of ten virgins. Five of them are five of them are wise, and five of them are what made the five wise? They're prepared. If you want to be wise, you should be prepared. You should be thinking about your future. In the Gospel of Luke chapter 12, the Lord tells us about a rich man who his land, he's a farmer, he had a farming business, and his farming business is booming. And what does this farmer with his booming business, what does he decide to do? He decides, I'm going to build a bigger barn to keep my wheat. He's preparing for the future. Is that what we're talking about now? Is that wise? Actually, in the gospel, it says that God came to this rich man and said to him, You fool. Foolish is opposite of the wise. Opposite. But he's preparing for the future. He's not preparing for the future in the right way. It says, fool, this night will be... this." This night your soul will be required of you. Then, those things which you have... Then, whose will those things be which you have provided? So is he who lays up treasure for himself, who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. Did you prepare for the future? Did you prepare for your eternal life? Yani, in... In the parable, another parable, Luke 16, is the parable of the unjust steward. The unjust steward, his master comes and said, give an account of your stewardship. He says, you've been stealing money, it seems like. You're going to be fired. So this unjust steward said, uh-oh, I'm afraid to beg, and my master is taking away my stewardship. I don't know what I'm going to do. So what did he decide to do? He went to all his master's debtors and said, take your bill, you owe 100, to 50. Huh. You how much, you 80, to 40. And then he goes back, and this isn't for his master. He didn't do this for his master. He did this to make friends with the people. Yani, if you look at the gospel, he says, I have resolved what I will do, that when I am put out of the stewardship, when I am fired, they may receive me into their homes. So now, and I'm going to give you a good deal, so that now you remember, oh, and I give you the good deal, now you'll give me a job again, because I need a job. And then the master said about this guy, the master said about this, said the master commended the unjust steward, because 
he had dealt shrewdly. And the church fathers, when they comment on this verse, they say, this unjust steward, why is he praised by the master? Because now this unjust steward finally started thinking about his eternal life. Finally. Ahna, we need to be thinking about our eternal life. To be wise is to be prepared. If you go back to Luke chapter 12, it says, Who then is that faithful and wise steward? Who is that faithful and wise steward? Who is the faithful and wise steward? The one that is prepared. The one that is prepared. And at the end of that, that chapter, it says, And that servant who knew his master's will and did not prepare himself or do according to his will shall be beaten with many stripes. To be wise is to be prepared. That's why when you think about the wisdom of God, the wisdom of God, He prepared everything for us. <laughs> That's why the wisdom of God does above. Because even before the creation of man, He is thinking about the salvation of man. And He made a great plan. He sent the law. He sent the prophets. He sent John the forerunner to prepare His way. And then, that's why when St. Paul is seeing all of this coming together, and he's seeing how Christ is bringing together the Gentiles and the, the Jews, and bringing them all together, St. Paul just, Allah, the wisdom of God that is beyond. The preparation, the plan that God had for each and every person, we can't imagine this. Because God is prepared. Prepared. That's a quality of wisdom. Wisdom is also seeing truth in situations. It's the ability to discern and to judge properly. That is why wisdom is greater than knowledge. Knowledge is facts. Knowledge is information. But one of the biggest problems of today is that everyone is a scholar and everyone has the same data. But with the same data, you can come to very different conclusions. And that's the pro- like, and you could take the same data, data and interpret radically different ways. And that wasn't a problem just today. That's a problem of all time. That's why, look at the data. Today, in the gospel of today, there was a John the Baptist. He came neither eating bread nor drinking wine. That data. This is facts. This is information. Everyone knows John the Baptist. He's a weird, he lives in the wilderness. He is dressed in camel's hair. That's data. But the conclusion that you came from this data is that he has a demon. That's not wise. Until you have the knowledge, but your wisdom, you didn't interpret the data correctly. And then they said the same data. Look, this is a glutton and a... Or they, they saw the Son of Man eating and drinking. And they said the same facts, the same data. But then they came to the conclusion, this is glutton and wine-bibber. So wisdom is the ability to see... A situation and to see truth in it. To cut through, to take information and then to see what's deeper there. That's why in the, like, the story of Solomon, Solomon who is considered the, like, the wisest person, there is a story of two prostitutes who had two children. 
Uh, and then one child died, and then the other woman came and said, no, that's my child. And you know the story, right? And they were disputing. The wisdom in the story is that Solomon is able to see the same data and yet find truth. To find truth in the story. And at the end of that story, look at what they said about Look at what they said about Solomon. They said when they all heard about the judgment which the king handed down, they feared the king because they saw the wisdom of God was in him in the the ability to administer justice. Wisdom is seeing things on a different level. And that's why when the church fathers, they read the scripture, they read the scripture different level. They see things that we don't see. Why? Because they're... They have wisdom from above. Yani, how many times تخيل, you read the story of Moses crossing the Red Sea? Omrak tafakart, this is a symbol of baptism. But when St. Paul sees the story of the, the Red Sea, he says this is baptism. تخيل, when you see Hagar in, in Ishmael and the story of and, and Sarah, does this mean the child of the promise or the child of the slave woman? Like St. Paul, when he's reading the scripture, he's reading it at a level... Mishmonkin. Yani, he looks at the do not muzzle an ox while it treads the grain. And when he sees the ox, he sees the priest. Into kit? But don't answer that one. Could be incriminating. But he sees the, the priest as, like, he says, does God care about ox? He says he's talking about that the priest needs to be supported by the. He's reading the scripture at a different level. Wisdom is able to see things. That normal people cannot see. Because you can discern truth through wisdom. Wisdom is Christ. He is the truth. I said wisdom is being able to discern the truth. What is the truth? It is Christ. So wisdom is Christ. Christ is wisdom. And that's why St. Paul in Colossians chapter 2, he says, Christ in whom are hidden all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. If you want wisdom, you have to go to the source of wisdom. You have to go to Christ. And that's why the wise person, he sees Christ in everything. Into wise then if you are wise, you will see Christ in every action that you do. Because Christ is in all things. So we said many things. Wisdom is from above. Wisdom is preparedness. Wisdom is seeing the truth. Wisdom is Christ. Wisdom is seeing Christ in all things. That's why all of us, our duty today is to pursue wisdom. To pursue wisdom. In the book of Proverbs, the beginning of the book of Proverbs says, Wisdom calls aloud outside. She raises her voice in the open squares. She cries out to everyone at the opening of the gates in the city. She speaks her words. She says, how long, you simple ones, or you naive ones, like an incriminate, how long, you naive ones, will you love your naivety? Scorners delight in their scornings, and fools hate knowledge. He says, turn at my rebuke. Surely I will pour my spirit on you, and I will make my words known to you. All of us, we need to pursue wisdom. To pursue wisdom is to pursue Christ. That's why St. James, he ends, he says, if anyone lacks wisdom, 
anyone lacks wisdom, if you want wisdom, what should you do? Says, let him ask God, who gives all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. And glory be to God forever. Amen. Oh, the Spirit.